Hello, 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 and welcome to the seventh episode of Mixed Media Reviews Season 2. My name is Kelsey, and today I'll be talking about a book. This week's book is Iron Widow by Jiren J. Zhao. This was yet another book that I uh, gave way under peer pressure. Uh, if you follow any book things, I'm sure you've seen it because it was and continues to be everywhere. I ultimately bought the book because I really love the cover. It has a woman in a dark uniform standing with wings of warm red, orange, and yellow wrapped around her. As you turn the book over, the wings continue to wrap around the binding and the back cover portrays the rest of the vermilion bird. It's really a gorgeous cover and I still really love it. Iron Widow is a mecha reimagining of the rise of Chinese Empress Wu Zetian, uh, set in the nation of Huaxia. No, that's not how you say it. How do you say it? Huaxia. So it's a mecha reimagining of the rise of Empress Wu Zetian, set in the nation of Huaxia, a futuristic reinterpretation of medieval China. I apologize now for a 100% not even a little bit saying any of these words correctly. I have listened to so many videos of trying to get these names correct and I, I, my mouth just doesn't do those things. Um, so I am very, very sorry and I will try my best uh, and it will still be bad. Um, so from the inside cover, the actual summary of the book reads as follows. In Washa, the highest honor for a young girl is to be selected as a concubine pilot. Supporters paired up with male pilots to power up chrysalises. Chrysalises? Chrysalises. <laughs> the giant transforming mechas that humanity relies on to battle the mass of aliens that lurk beyond the Great Wall. But the honor often ends in death, and when 18-year-old Zetian's sister <laughs> is killed by an ace male pilot, Zetian signs up to avenge her. The vengeance is swift, brutal, and unexpected, leaving Zetian labeled as an iron widow, a much-feared kind of female pilot who can sacrifice boys to power up chrysalises instead of the other way around. To tame her unnerving yet invaluable mental strength, she is paired up with Li Shiming, I think, the strongest and most controversial male pilot in Nuasha. But now that Zetian has had a taste of power, she will not cower so easily. She will miss no opportunity to leverage her, and Shiming's combined might and infamy and survive attempt after attempt on her life until she can figure out exactly why the pilot system relies so heavily on destroying girls' lives and dismantle it for good. Which honestly, reading this summary from the cover, it makes sense <laughs> that I wasn't a super fan of this book because it's not the best written summary with lots of long sentences. <laughs> but anyway, um, today's episode is going to have quite a few spoilers as there's some very specific things that I want to talk about. I will also mention like the very end of the book, like the ending, so just be warned if you have not read it. I also want to mention that this book has some trigger warnings at the beginning, and while I will not really be bringing any of them up specifically, I figured I'd mention that warning here just in case. The book contains scenes of violence and abuse, suicide ideation, discussion and references to sexual assault, with no on-page depictions, though. Uh, it also includes alcohol addiction and torture. Finally, I just want to mention that Jiren's pronouns are they, them, and I will try to make sure I honor them throughout. So, the summary. Uh, besides it being very long-winded, uh, 
it was a pretty cool summary and I did really like the plot for the most part. I should I should really say I liked the premise, not necessarily the plot. I liked the premise of the novel. I liked how it was kind of this reimagining of historical figures with like some sci-fi and fantasy elements throughout. Um, I liked that it wasn't necessarily like an alternate reality with them in it or even really a historical retelling or historical like fiction. It was just kind of using some characters in history and placing them in a new and fictional story. I really liked uh, like Hun the Hundun creatures, which is a thing in Chinese mythology that Huasha that Huasha is fighting. Um, they use like the shells of fallen Hunduns to make these chrysalises that they then use to fight those Hunduns. Um, they're powered by chi from both the pilots, and I really I just loved the layering of Chinese mythology with um, just like the the science fiction elements of these like chrysalises and the fact that like they get these you know new technology modern type of stuff that are come down from like their um, I think they call them the heaven court or something like that. Um, so it's just really kind of interesting mix of Chinese mythology, uh, Chinese historical uh, figures, and like kind of a modern sci-fi dystopian world kind of a thing. Um, so I really liked that mix of things. And while I wish that there was kind of maybe more detail about how everything works and intermingled, um, the way the book ends, maybe that's something that we do get a little bit more of in the second book. And to be fair, I'm also okay with, you know, not necessarily understand, understanding everything and everything being like 100% laid out for us. It's okay to have a little bit of uh, vagueness in some of these elements. Um, but yeah, I really liked how they mixed these kind of elements together to form this unique story. For a debut novel, I think Zhao did a fairly decent job at the writing. I'm going to talk about this more later, but I will say that they didn't do an, an absolutely like terrible job. Uh, they don't fall into that first-time writer trap with a dialogue tag after every line of dialogue, which is nice because that can really weigh down uh, a story. And they also don't use overly descriptive dialogue tags, which I'm sure you know I hate when they are overused, especially when they're creepy ones like they growled at you or something. Um, but yeah, so from a very um, kind of base perspective, I think they did a good job writing, especially again as a debut novel. Um, I do have problems with it, of course, uh, which I will talk about later, but from a very just um, superficial, I guess, a very superficial glance at the text, uh, it wasn't as terrible as it could have been for sure. I have 100% read worse where it was painful to read and this was painful to read but for different reasons. Uh, what else? Um, I think that's mostly it. Again, I really liked the overall kind of like, you know, premise of the story and I thought it had a lot of potential. Oh, and I, I did like the twist ending. I kind of mentioned it um, a little bit before but I did like that at the end we find out that this isn't actually their planet and that the heavenly court is probably 
uh, more just like some other civilization or something that's conducting like an experiment on them or something we don't really know I don't think yet but yeah I like that this was the Hunduns aren't the invaders but they're the invaders and this is actually the Hunduns world so I thought that was really cool and a very good twist okay wow um this is gonna be a lot so there were definitely things I would not a fan of I'm gonna start off by saying that first and foremost I'm not really into like stories that are from the villain's perspective or or, or revenge plots or things like that um, and while I still have plenty of issues that are not about the fact that this is like a villain story uh, they're like at the end of the novel and yes I'm starting at the end at the end Zetjian has turned into this villainous character right and maybe like that's the point that she breaks down the system only to replace it with an equally cruel one I don't know. I mean, that could be what was intended, and I could have, you know, been intended to not really like Zetian in the end, but it didn't really read that you weren't supposed to like her, and many reviewers made it clear that, you know, they loved her character the entire time and thought she was just, like, standing up for herself or something, even though she literally crushes an entire palace with her chrysalis, including her own family who is in it. And like probably a bunch of bunch of innocent women who have no choice in where they are because they're the palace concubines or whatever. Um, and then a few sentences later, she like pretends to care about some women that. Um, oh, I don't even know how to say his name. It's his father. Um, I want to say it's Gao, Jiu, Gao Jiu. Um, but yeah, uh, when he uses the women as, like, body shields, she, like, pretends, like, oh, that's gonna stop me, even though she literally just murdered a bunch of people in a palace. Uh, and then she starts calling herself Empress Wu, and it's just weird. <laughs> it's really weird. Um, so, while looking up how to say these characters' names, I found a video of Zhao introducing the characters. Uh, and they do introduce Zetian as a villain protagonist, although the way that they say it is more like she's going against all of these like society morals so she's therefore the protag villainous villain protagonist which doesn't make it seem like she's an actual villain protagonist but more like she's the villain in quotes because she's going against society um and again it doesn't really come off to me like she's in the wrong not that all villains are necessarily in the wrong because there are villains who are in the right, uh, but doing it the wrong way, you know. So maybe that's what Zetian is here, just being a sort of a villain. I don't know. I'm still not a fan of any of it. <laughs> uh, and really, honestly, I think the biggest problem with this book is the pacing. I think the pacing is what is the underlying issue in pretty much everything that I have an issue with. Um, in the beginning of this book, we meet Zetian. She's living in this incredibly toxic patriarchal society that is um, Washa. Um, they treat women terribly. They treat girls terribly. They're more just kind of property to them. Yet Zetian is this fully woke person. Even though she's living in a world where all of this is normal, she has somehow fully realized that things should be better. That she is not just property. We don't see the change in her. We don't see how she's kind of come to this conclusion. 
And like, yes, obviously there are people who realize things aren't great while living in that world. It's not always, you know, getting it from somebody else. Like there were people who were against slavery. There were people who were against the Holocaust. Like there are definitely people who start to realize that society could be better, that we could do better, right? But they don't just pop into existence fully realized. And yet we open this book to a fully realized Zetian, a fully realized Zetian who has this secret relationship with a guy she meets up with once a month to like use his internet or something, even though that's highly taboo for her to meet up with this dude in the middle of the woods with no one around. And so it's really like weird to see her going so hard against everything around her when we don't see any of the parts that get her there she's living in a like small village that you know everyone's feet are bound in that village who's a woman and um she lives in a village you know where like they're again not allowed to be in the same room with another dude where you know her father abuses them mentally physically whatever and it's just like how how did she wake up is what i'm asking and yet we don't get that history it's just she just already is and that's fine and we're just gonna go from there right like it's way too fast we don't see the world through her eyes we see it through our own eyes eyes that understand that the world she lives in is messed up so we don't really get to feel like we are immersed in this world we're we still feel like outsiders because we don't see how she could possibly or how anyone in that world could grow up thinking that things were okay right we automatically put this moral um moral criteria on them from our point of view instead of understanding that these people who live in this world that is what they've been taught right like yes you can say with our own eyes that this is a terrible thing but when you're living in that world where it's been this way for hundreds of years that's a completely different thing and obviously there are probably going to be people who agree to these morals um, more than others but it still would be nice to see where these experiences where these thoughts are coming from rather than her just oh yeah we shouldn't be treated as objects we don't deserve to die it just would have been nice to see some of Zetian's life when she was still accepting it right I'm sure there was a time when she was thinking well this is just life this is how things are Uh, And specifically, it would have been nice to see her life with her sister before her sister left to be a concubine. Maybe it was her sister's death that triggered this change in her, or maybe she had already felt that way to a degree, and it was just the death of her sister that really opened her eyes. Which brings up another point. Her sister is literally used as an object in this story, something that the book is trying to critique on society, or that society at least. Uh, We don't even... Well, okay, I was looking up something, and apparently we do know the sister's name, but I feel like she only mentions the sister's name, like, once or something. And I guess maybe that's more of a cultural thing for calling her big sister instead of her name. But there's still no, like, that's all her sister is, is the trigger for Zetian's anger. There's no real connection between the two. We don't really have any nice memories or even memories of them disagreeing on how they should 
you know, behave in society because it seems like Setian's sister was very much the perfect daughter and, you know, was listening and did all the things that she was supposed to do and, you know, went to go become this concubine pilot willingly. And I'm just confused by it. Um, that we, like, for something to be such a big sticking point for Zetian and to trigger this, I'm going to go on a suicide mission to kill the pilot who killed my sister, it feels like we should know more of the backstory between them, more of their relationship. It would have been nice to see them together so that we could also feel Zetian's anger instead of it just being, you know, instead of using her death as this launch point and basically her sister is nothing. She's not a real character. She is only this plot point. I also thought the opening of the book was going to be the death of her sister, uh, but then later we learned that her sister was like straight up murdered by the pilot and not through like the normal dying in the chrysalis in battle way. So that wasn't her sister. It was just some nameless lady who died and for some reason we are opening the book with that pilot's perspective on an event that hasn't really any relation to Zetian or her journey. I mean, like, sort of in a way, because it's a woman who's dying, but it's not her sister. So I don't really understand the point of that, except for us to, like, see that he's a jerk. <laughs> um, and then later, when, you know, Zetian does get to be the concubine pilot, she immediately kills the dude in chapter 8, which felt, like, super fast. She also says, welcome to your nightmare, when they see that she killed him, which is just really cringe. Uh, but that's a point about the writing that I'll make in a moment. Um, and that's, like, that's the first quarter of the book. That's not even a quarter of the way in, and she's already murdered the dude. So it felt like, oh, okay, well, now where's this book gonna go? Because it happened so quickly. The pacing just felt wrong. Uh, other parts of this book also go really quickly, like... The middle portion of the book, Zetian is put with Li Shimin, uh, who is in prison for killing his family, and she's paired with him after she murders the original pilot, and um, and they're you know made out to be this balanced match, and that's how she could you know still survive after they were in battle, and all that, um, but they're this balanced match who they they're kind of like married. It's like a marriage ceremony basically, and she continues to have this relationship with that original secret guy that she was friends with when she was younger. Um, Yizi? Yizi? Hold on. It might be Yitza. Yitzi. Yitz. Sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, but yeah, so she's still with Yitza, um, and she has like this, it felt almost like secret, but maybe it wasn't really secret, but it was just their relationship mostly happens off the book. It went from, like, they were friends that, like, flirted and kind of seemed like they had other feelings to all of a sudden they're sleeping together in, like, the blink of an eye. And we don't even really get to see that relationship evolve. It's like, even the author doesn't care about it enough uh, for us to be around for it. Like, they were also bored of it because I was definitely bored of that relationship. And, like, all of it, again, just happened off book. I, I don't remember there being any kind of evolution of their relationship. And then even once it starts, we still don't really see, like, any of their conversations or the way that they 
talk to each other or I don't exist around each other. There's there's just really nothing about them that we really see except for the fact that they're together now, I guess. And while they do eventually kind of address it about, you know, being all together and whatever, at first it just, to me, felt like Zetian was cheating on Shimin. I know that she doesn't owe him anything and he was always very like respectful of her choices and her space and it's not a real relationship of their choosing but it still just felt weird that she was just like I'm just gonna go sleep with this other guy even though we're technically kind of married I don't know and it was I mean it was obvious that Shimon cared for her yet she's still just sleeping with this other guy in their shared living space also then they get turned into a throuple which I thought was really out of kind of nowhere and felt odd like out of the blue but also like it felt like it was a little too modern for someone who grew up in a world where women weren't even allowed to be alone with another guy in a room unless they were married and now all of a sudden she's like why do I have to choose between two dudes I like I can just have them both which I mean like I like that her characters aren't just like strictly straight and I like that it's finally a different take on the you know the YA um, like, love triangle thing, but it was still kind of weird. Like, it, I feel like it evolved too quickly and out of nowhere, and again, it was just kind of, seemed too much for something, like, it's like the author wanted this, they had this idea of what a good modern society should be, like, what a progressive society should be which yeah I agree people should be able to love whoever they want and however many people they want I don't care it doesn't affect me as long as everyone's consenting adults right but instead of working their way up to that point it seemed like they just wanted to get there immediately and so all of their characters were just immediately okay with every single progressive thought ever instead of us seeing like them work towards it it was just like Oh, we had a conversation about it? Alright, I'm down. And it was just weird. Um, and I think another thing that made the pacing weird was the dialogue. Not only did it feel like everyone had the same out-of-place voice, it also just felt like I was reading a summary of what the book was. I It's hard to explain, but I think that's the best way to put it. Like, the dialogue was too direct. Like, it was supposed to be, like, placeholder dialogue. Like, oh, yeah, she'll say something about this, and he'll say something about this. But then that actually ended up being the dialogue. Like, she was always dialed up to 11. Always full of, like, fire and fighting against everyone. And it was just, like, too hard all the time. Instead of realizing, like, sometimes you gotta be more subtle, or sometimes you gotta be a little more sneaky about things. It was just always, like dialed up to 11 100 percent of the time and again like it just felt like all of the dialogue was placeholder dialogue like this is the general meaning of what i want to say but there was no like going back to figure out okay now how do i make it sound like it's zetian saying this or how do i make it sound like it's shimin saying this or any of the other characters it was just here's some dialogue and there you go like I felt like everyone's voice was the same, <laughs> again. Um, like, they were, like, too modern. Like, I keep saying like. But I feel like, oh boy, I feel like, like, 
I get that this is a made-up world, and it's not really like an alternate history or historical fiction. It's kind of medieval, beats futuristic, and we don't really know what the time period is. But everyone spoke like they were from 2021, since this book was written in 2021. Like, even at the end, when they wake up, the dude from like 200 years ago, he asks about inflation when someone says like a number of money, and he's like, oh, is that still a lot? How's inflation doing? Like, what? Is that how someone would talk 200 years ago about money? I don't know. It was all really weird, and everyone felt like they were one person, and again, it felt like placeholder dialogue. Um, and I think it would have been better if she had started to realize the error of her society's ways of Zetian kind of was slowly realizing this, right? Like, her sister dies, and it makes her angrier, She's volunteered or whatever to be the pilot, then she comes across that memory of him killing her sister outside of the chrysalis, and that sets her off more, so she ends up killing the pilot, and then it, like, just kind of snowballs, and we see this evolution of her journey, and we see her anger building and building and building, and that anger is what, like, kind of triggers this change in her worldview, but instead, she's just, like, angry at a hundred immediately and just stays the same angry there's no evolution of her character there's no it's just this is how society should be and everyone else should just already know it because i know it and that's the end of it and then she finds the two dudes in the entire society apparently that also think like her (laughs) it's just really weird because i feel like i feel like if the story had a better pace to it if we saw all these things kind of happen and grow on each other then it could have been a really good book but instead we're stuck with this weird idea that that in order to be feminist and great you have to just always have been like that like there's no room for any personal growth instead of saying like no i mean people grow and change we have ideas that are different from you know five years ago but that's not at all what we see in any part of this story, right? Zetian is already completely up on times in the modern world and knows what it's like to be a modern woman of 2022. And then Lee Shimin, you know, it, we find out he murdered his family because they had assaulted a girl and he was like, that's not cool and I'm for, you know, women and whatever. And Yizzy... <laughs> Um, Yitzi, Yitzi, um, he also, you know, is the one who lets her, uh, be alone in the room with her, doesn't try anything, he also let her have access to the internet and everything else, and it just seems like the only way to be feminist in this world is to just already be feminist your entire life, because those are the only two characters we really see have the same ideals as her, and no one else has any kind of evolution. Everyone else is very one-dimensional of just, this is how we were raised, and this is society, and that's the end of it. Like, even her parents, even her mother, who is another victim of this world, she never tries to have a conversation, really, with her. We never see her trying to bring her mother and have her come to the same realization she has, and instead she ends up killing her mom. So we still can't ever see anything, because... There's never going to be a change, because apparently in this world that Zhao has created, the only way to be feminist or to anything is just have already been it. 
been feminist, been forward and been progressive and whatever other terms you want to say. And that's, that's it. Because there's no, at no point in any of this story has a single character that I can think of evolved to come to terms or come to, you know, any of their ways of thinking. It's all just like the three of them. And that's it. Um, also, the last thing that I want to say is I, I don't think uh, it was really thought out too much about the women, like, always dying in these battles, because, like, that's a lot of freaking women. How are they still producing, like, a population? Even in a super patriarchal society that, you know, treats women like objects, much like we see in Washa, they would still understand that women are necessary to continue that population and they're like necessary for survival. So why are they so okay, okay with like killing all of these men, all of these women? This has been happening for like a couple hundred years. So I, I like I could see if their chi gets used up faster and they don't last a super long time, like women have to replace uh, more often, you know, after maybe a month or two or something at least give them a bit more time, but it seems to be written that basically a woman dies every time they battle unless it's this super rare balanced match thing happening. Like, the pilots um, are very surprised anytime a woman survives the battle, which is weird because that's a lot of women. (laughs) And I don't know how they could possibly survive if they've been doing this a couple hundred years and women are dying left and right in battle. Um, So it seems like maybe not everything, much like the rest of this book, everything is very much superficial and there's not a lot of nuance or, you know, room for change or evolution or anything. And it seems like not everything is very well fleshed out. And maybe that's why we don't get a lot of knowledge about how this world works or how the society works or the technology or anything else for that matter. Um... Because maybe there just wasn't thought put into it. Uh, But there is a second book. And we do get a little bit more like at the end of the book. You know, there being the whole maybe this isn't really their world and everything. So maybe we'll learn more about it. I, I don't know. We'll see, I guess. Overall, I, I don't know if you could tell. I was not a fan of this book. Uh, even trying to set aside the whole, if this is really like a villain book, like revenge story thing, just not a fan of other things that happen in this book that are outside of that kind of plot point. Zhao had a really interesting premise that I really think could be cool, but I felt like they just didn't do it justice, or maybe they had a sick sense of justice themselves, and it is not my thing, and so every decision that was made was just not my thing. Uh, I I can understand uh, this book as more of like a revenge story if you've been uh, more victimized that way, or you've been put in those situations where you felt like you haven't had a lot of power uh, for whatever reason that may be. Um, So I could see someone else liking it from that point of view of just, yeah, I wish I could take revenge on my attacker or my abuser or my uh, society or whatever else. Um, But even setting that aside, I still feel like this book certainly was not for me. 
and I had a lot of problems with the pacing and even overall storytelling. I would recommend this book again if you were into those revenge plots, otherwise I'm gonna say it's probably not for really anyone. Uh, and I did notice when I was trying to look up how to pronounce everybody's names, it did seem like on YouTube, the book reviewers, there seems to be kind of a, a lot of people who have lots of issues with this book, so I don't feel like I'm the only one. Um, and the people that seem to be pushing it are those books, bookstagram or whatever people who tend to just take pictures of books and don't ever really review anything except for, oh my god, I loved it, and then that's it. Um, I will be reading the next book because, as you all know, I hate myself. Um, but I am kind of genuinely curious about the ending. <laughs> and there you have it. Those are my thoughts on Iron Widow by Jiren J. Zhao. Thank you so much for joining me. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Mixed Media Reviews Podcast. Please leave me a comment to let me know if you agreed or disagreed or if you have any suggestions. You can also find me anywhere you find your podcasts, probably. Please join me next week where I will be reviewing a TV show, The Sandman, on Netflix. Have a wonderful rest of the day. Bye!